Hello, I'm Neil Quigley and welcome to the latest episode of my podcast. It's a sports special this week featuring old interviews that I did with Victoria Pendleton and Graham Blasseau. Find out what happened when I joined Yeovil Town on an open top bus tour to celebrate them winning League Two and how I was once involved with the UK Ironman event. That is all on the way in this week's podcast. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. When I was working down at Ivel FM in Somerset, our big football team were Yeovil Town. At the time, they had been promoted from the conference a few years before and had been League Two for quite a few years. Owing to the fact I was a big football fan, I tended to end up doing anything football related. So I would do the sports show on a Saturday afternoon and therefore I'd have quite a bit of dealing with Yeovil Town. I'd go down to the press conferences regularly and I'd also go to quite a few matches. We had our own reporter at the game, a guy called John Hartley, who was fantastic. He did it for quite some time. And then we had another guy called Martin Baker who did it for a bit as well. They were fantastic. They did all the reports, but I kind of liaised with the club and set everything up. This was still during Gary Johnson's first spell as Yeovil Town manager. In that Yeovil Town team of the time, the midfield duo were the current manager, Darren Way, and the now Bristol City manager, Lee Johnson. They were the midfield duo. At the back, the captain, now assistant manager at the Glovers, was Terry Skiverton. During my second season working down in Yeovil, they had a fantastic year. In fact, so good, they ended up winning League Two. It was a very exciting season, and it did all come down to the very last game of the season, which happened to be at home. So with us being a very supportive local radio station, we took the sports show live from Hewish Park, and I was there presenting my show from that all-important big match. Our outside broadcast unit at that time was a big Ivel FM Land Rover which had a big aerial and a transmitter fitted to it so that's how we broadcast back the studio from the ground. Me and my boss set it all up before the show. They found us a nice place to sit, actually inside, kind of just next to one of the director's boxes. So I was behind glass, nice and cosy, and had a great view of the pitch. It was pretty much on the halfway line. It was a great performance from Yeovil Town. They always looked in control of the game. They got a couple of goals up fairly early, and I think they ended up running out 3-1 winners in the end. So as you can imagine, the scenes at the end of the game were fantastic. The fans were going absolutely crazy. This was the first time Yeovil Town had ever been as high in the football league times of great celebrations it was great to be a part of it great to witness it and a lot of fun as at the start of this final game of the season Yeovil Town were the favourites to win the trophy was at Hewish Park so I actually got to witness the Glovers and the captain Terry Skiverton being given the League 2 trophy and see all the players celebrated on the pitch which was great because as I said I used to go to a lot of the press conferences at the game so I knew Gary Johnson the manager I knew all the players because I'd often spoken to them during the course of the season the football club is and always has been quite a big part of the town and very well supported. So therefore the council decided to give the club an open bus tour round Yeovil and surrounding areas to celebrate this great triumph and promotion to League One and winning the league title as well. To help cover and celebrate this event, the media were invited along and I managed to get myself a place on this bus tour. The plan was I would be on the bus tour, do some interviews, speak to everyone, have a great time doing it. And I think I recorded it and played it out on my sports show. So I wasn't doing anything live, maybe a couple of live phone interviews into our current shows. There actually were two open top buses because with all the players, their families, the media and the various other dignitaries from the club, we wouldn't have all fitted on one bus. So I actually was initially riding on the second bus. The players were in the bus in front and I was on the bus behind. The bus left and departed Hewish Park and made its way on a predetermined route around the route, particularly in the town centre, there were huge crowds. The crowds were fantastic. Lots of people came out to cheer the players around the town. Really good to see. 
Before we finished up in the town centre, the plan was to head around the outskirts of Yeovil and visit lots of schools, give the school kids a chance to see the players, see the trophy and celebrate with them while they were at school. Now the first school we went to was a little bit outside the town and it involved going down a dual carriageway to get there. It was a day in May but it wasn't the most glorious of spring days. It was dry which was good and there was a bit of sun about but it was quite windy. I'm not sure if you've seen the film Mike Bassett, England Manager where in the opening scene he wins a trophy and his team go on an overtop bus tour and it's very very windy. They end up going down a motorway and the gag is they get off with all their hair blown all over the place and it looks like they're getting sort of blown off the bus as it heads down the road. No word of a lie, that is exactly what it was like heading to that first school. It was like a scene from Mike Bassett, England manager. On the top of this open-top double-decker bus, the wind is blowing right through. I did have a bit of hair then, so it was all over the place, and you were kind of holding on for dear life. But we got to the school, the players got out, walked around, chatted to the kids, and it all went well. And that pattern was repeated several times throughout the day. The star striker of that team was a guy called Phil Jevons, who came through the Everton youth system. Now, I I was chatting to him at one of the schools and I was very lucky he actually let me hold and wear his medal for a bit. That was the closest I've come to winning a proper professional footballer's medal. It was great fun walking around all the schools with the players. I think in one school one of the children may have got a bit confused because bearing in mind I was walking around and talking to all these Yeovil Town players who quite rightly were getting mobbed and asked for their autographs. He actually asked me for my autograph. Now, I don't think for one second it was anything to do with me being on the radio. I think he honestly thought that I was one of the Oval Town players, which is they were all in quite good physical condition. I will take that as a huge compliment. By the way, I didn't question it or query it. I just signed the autograph for him, and I was very grateful and very pleased to do so. They actually ordered a PA and a sound system on the bus as well, so it was blaring out Yeovil Town songs. There was a mic on there as well, so the players and the management team were getting involved and hyping up the crowd all the way around. It was a lot of fun. I think it took us about three or four hours in the end to get around Yeovil and get to all these places, and it finished with a civic reception with the players on the top of the council building celebrating with the fans. It was a great day and truly amazing to be part of Neil Quigley. The next Yeovil manager was a guy called Russell Slade, who was an ex-school teacher. He was about six foot tall, fairly well built, no hair, looked scary. Very nice guy, though. Had lots of time for Russell Slade. Always brilliant to me, always got on well with him, always had a good chat, It was always very friendly. However, I remember being at a press conference after one game, and the game before, somebody from one of the local papers had printed a report that he wasn't happy about. He thought it was unfair, he thought it was unjust. They called the team a few things, and Russell Slade was not happy. So we walk into this press conference, and before anybody's even asked a question, or we've even talked about the game we've just witnessed, he is on the offensive. He is basically angry already before we started. He does about a 10-minute rant before we even get to talking about the game. And I'm not going to lie, it's one of the most terrifying things I have seen. I can look back at it now and laugh, but at the time when I was witnessing it, I was only a couple of rows from the front. I was actually quite scared. Although I think the thing that annoyed me and amused me most about this situation, in the paper, the reporter had put of their previous game, it was a Laurel and Hardy performance. But I'm 90% sure what I actually meant was a Jekyll and Hyde performance. Because I've never heard of a Laurel and Hardy performance used in sporting terms before. Neil Quigley. Back in 2011, in the year before the London Olympics, I was lucky enough to catch up with the great Victoria Pendleton at a women-only cycle event that she was the face of at Whipsonade Zoo. Here's what happened when I spoke to her there. I'm here at the start with Olympic gold medalist Victoria Pendleton. Victoria, hello. How are 
are you? I'm very good. Thank you very much. So, straight to the point, how did you get involved with Cycletta? Well, I just thought it was a really nice idea to get women cycling and really enjoying cycling events. I think sometimes women can be a bit put off put by a competitive element of mixed events because men take it a bit more seriously usually. So, I think it's a great opportunity and, and with all the supporters, Grazia and all that, kind of made it a little bit more accessible to a different range of people. Yeah, and it's an excellent turnout and the atmosphere is great. So everyone's really sort of, you know, look, camaraderie is the word, everybody's in it together and it looked like they're having a good time so far. Yeah, I think so. I mean, women are really great at sort of banding together and getting involved with sports events when they have the opportunity, you know, like the uh, the runs of cancer research and that sort of thing. So I think it, it's one of those things that works for women. So get your girls out and, and go together. Absolutely. How is uh, training and things going for next year, of course, uh, London 2012? Training's going really well at the moment, thanks. I'm doing a lot of strength training at the moment and foundation work. And I can't be happier really with where I am. It's, it's going really well. So I'm looking forward to the next season and the preparation for the Olympics. Well, all the best for next year. We wish you well and hope you can obviously get a gold in the home country. It will be absolutely fantastic. I've got to let you go because you're actually you're riding today yeah, as well. I've got to get on my bike now. So thank you very much. She was absolutely amazing to talk to. So nice, so friendly, so lovely and so enthusiastic about the event she was there to take part in. Really encouraging everyday folk to get out on their bikes and do some cycling. She actually did take part in the ride herself. More like a light training ride for her with no competition whatsoever. Lots of people were walking up the hills around Whipsonade. She rode up them very, very easily. And as it turned out, London 2012 and the years after were very kind to her. I think she's possibly one of my favourite sports people that I've interviewed during my career. Neil Quigley. Another thing I got involved in while I was working down in Somerset at Ival FM was the UK Ironman event. Well, I say I got involved in, I mean, I didn't actually break into a sweat or do any swimming, cycling or running. But the radio station got involved and we supported and became a partner in Ironman UK. It was run by a local business near to us who we'd done some work with over the years really nice husband and wife team were very good very into the triathlon themselves and did a great job in helping to organize the uk ironman event well i say uk ironman it started off as the uk half ironman it was held in sherborne at sherborne castle which again is another fantastic location and well worth a visit it's actually just over the border in dorset not in somerset but it's close enough not far from yeovil about 10 miles or so away the way we got involved was was twofold. We used to do lots of interviews building up to it and we also, for every year that it ran, when it became the Ironman, we selected our own Ivel FM Ironman. Interviewed these people who we selected to represent us running our colours. They had to tell me about all the training they were doing. We used to speak about how it was going, why they were doing it, the goals they were setting themselves. It was really good fun and the people who I met who were doing it, the guys were fantastic. Always good fun and I'm in awe of their fitness and the fact that they could do it. The actual elite athletes, the elite Ironmen are ridiculous. Now I got to meet a few of those over the years while we were covering Ironman because not only did we promote it and become the partner of the event and find our own Ironman to represent the radio station, we also used to broadcast the whole Ironman event live, which meant a very long day. We used to build a mobile studio at Sherbourne Castle and have reporters all over the course. We were there right from the start, right through till the end. And it was brilliant fun, such good fun. We had great days doing the broadcasting. The team were working 12-hour days. We were on air for hours and hours on end. It was a marathon broadcast, but I was very lucky. I often got to interview the athletes, so I get to interview them on the start before they leave. Then at the end, just after they finished the race, I got to do the interviews. Now, if my memory serves me right, 
Ironman starts with a 2.1 mile swim. It's something like a 112 mile bike ride and then it finishes with a full marathon. You have to be slightly insane to even want to attack one of these things. But I promise you, I have interviewed the top Ironman in the world and after doing all of that, all of that exercise, within about 30 seconds to a minute, I've spoke to them on the finish line and they're not even out of breath. They sound fine. In fact, I probably sound sometimes more out of breath than they did. They are just phenomenal athletes, all really nice people as well. It's not a massively professional sport. There's some professionals who are sponsored. A lot of people kind of combine it with other things. So they're very grounded, very down-to-earth, lovely people. But it sometimes could be quite tough on the body. I remember interviewing the women's winner one year, and literally I couldn't look because as I was interviewing her, they were taking her trainers off, and she'd lost most of the skin off the bottom of her feet. She should have been in agony, but she was just chatting to me while the medical team was sorting things out for her. It's absolutely amazing. I did like being part of that UK Iron Man event. I would never ever do a UK Ironman event myself. It's just too much. I just can't do it. The swim, the bike ride and the full marathon at the end. These people are phenomenal. Although the one incentive to do an Ironman, there is an Ironman World Series. The UK Ironman is part of that. And if you finish with a certain time or get to a certain level in Ironmans all over the world, you get invited to take part in the Ironman World Final, which is always held in Hawaii. I mean, if you are going to do an Ironman anywhere, Hawaii surely has to be the place. Neil Quigley. I spoke to the former England left-back Graham Lasso in 2006, just before the start of the World Cup in Germany. What he told me in that interview still stands good today. It's exactly what you'd probably still say ahead of the upcoming World Cup in Russia. But here's Graham Lasso talking about England's prospects in the World Cup from 2006. Joined on the phone this afternoon then by former England international Graham Lasso. Good afternoon, Graham. Good afternoon. Now, not long now until obviously uh, the huge, great event that is the start of England's World Cup adventure, if you like. Oh, exactly. I mean, I think everybody's been waiting for this moment. All the football fans have been waiting for it because they can't wait to see how England start the tournament. Have we got the squad really as it is nowadays to actually go on and make a real impression this year and maybe get to the final? I certainly think so. I think we're in one of the top groups of teams that could go on and win the World Cup. It'll you know, obviously unfold as the tournament goes on and we need to rely on good opening sort of campaigns for the game in terms of progressing you know, as winners through the first round. And then you start relying on the draw that you're up against in the next rounds. So really it's a case of a little bit of luck gathering momentum as the tournament progresses and you never know with confidence and progression you've got the ingredients there to potentially bring back the World Cup Graham thanks for joining us this afternoon my pleasure one of the two most well-known footballers to have come from the Channel Islands the other of course being Matt Letizia Graham Lasso there talking to me just before England's first game in the 2006 World Cup in Germany. Although what he was saying about England's fairly young squad and how it was a group we should get out of, and if we did get out of the group, how we might get some momentum and might have a bit of a go at the World Cup, still possibly applies to this year's World Cup in Russia. We have got quite a young squad. If they start well, if they get out of the group, if they get some momentum, who knows? Maybe we'll do something this year. Or maybe it'll go the same way that it has done from before and after 2006. Neil Quigley. There used to be a big radio awards called the Sony Radio Awards. They like the Oscars for the world of radio. Now, sadly, I never actually got along to the awards ceremony. Although where I work now, everywhere I walk around the building, I'd see 
constantly lots of Sony Radio Awards, which I'm very, very impressed with. I would have loved to have got anywhere near one of those Sony Radio Awards in the past. We did, however, when I was working at Ivel FM, we submitted something to the Sony Awards. There was various different categories, and for our coverage of the UK Ironman event, for a special one-off programme, we found a category that we thought fitted in with what we did, so we put forward our Ironman UK special show. Now, it cost, I think, a couple of hundred pounds to enter. It cost some money to enter anyway. It was the first time I'd ever entered anything into the Sony, so I was a bit excited, and we actually got invited to the nomination ceremony. So not when the awards were being given out, but the day, the event, when they were going to say who was nominated or not. And we had submitted something, so there was a chance, probably a small chance, but there was a chance that we might get nominated. Therefore, me and my boss went up to London, especially for this event. We got the train up from Somerset. We were doing it all in a day trip. Got there in good time. In fact, we got there in good enough time to have a quick pint before we went along to this event. I think it was about four o'clock in the afternoon, if I remember rightly. It was being held in a bar just off Leicester Square, and it was a very classy place. It was quite fun. When we walked in, it was a bit of a who's who of the world of radio Pat Sharp was there, Margarita Taylor was there, Scott Mills was there, various other DJs from around London and indeed the whole country were there. There were some other people like us from our radio group who had entered, so there to hear the nominations to see if what they had put forward had actually made it through to the awards ceremony. There was food there, there were nibbles. It's the first time I've ever encountered those mini hamburgers and the tiny hot dogs, which were actually quite nice. There was a bar there as well, so we could have a few drinks, have some nibbles and hear the nominations read out. Also there, Tony Blackburn, Johnny Vaughan was about to. Everywhere you moved, you kept spotting new people who you recognised. But, you know, I was there just playing it cool, just chatting to a couple of the people that I knew from various, maybe slightly smaller radio stations across the UK. As it happened, we didn't get nominated in our category. You never know how close you got. All we know is we weren't nominated, which is a bit of a shame because that meant we didn't actually get to go to the awards final. If we had been nominated, we would have definitely gone to the Sony Awards. I can't remember who won our category that year, but it was certainly fun enough going up and seeing the nominations announced. It's a start, isn't it? Almost there. Sadly, the Sony Radio Awards are no more. There are some other radio awards that have kind of replaced them, but for me, they haven't quite got the prestige of those Sonys and that will never quite be replicated which is a shame because I'm never going to win one Neil Quigley that's it for this week thank you very much for listening I really enjoyed celebrating on the open top bus with Yeovil Town after their League 2 win and I really enjoyed getting to work with and know the players and the managers down there during my time at Ivel FM in Somerset it was amazing to meet the wonderful Victoria Pendleton she's such a happy smiley lovely nice person it was great to chat to her I could have stood there and talked to her all day. I would love to meet up with her once again. And her achievements that she's made in the world of sport are just phenomenal. UK Ironman is amazing. Fair play and respect to anybody who attacks that. There's no way I could ever do any of those events. I've got the stamina to broadcast all day from there, but that's about as far as my stamina level goes. Anyway, as I said, that is it for this week. Have fun. Take care, be nice to each other, and I'll speak to you next week. Thanks. Bye.